Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Natalie. Welcome to Loving Difference, where we bring together anyone looking for new ways to live in their neurodiverse relationships. Whether you're comfy with a cuppa or out and about, it's great you're here. So let's dive into our next conversation. Today we're going to be talking about a subject really close to both our hearts. It's something that has affected our families deeply and profoundly and is ongoing. We are talking school, we're talking education, we're talking about a system of, you know, sort of behaviour modification really, whether your child's neurodivergent or neurotypical, that's that's a system that tends to be running in most schools, rewards and punishments. Um, But of course, for our young people, or for many of them, school becomes even even more tricky. Sensory overwhelm, there is huge anxiety, a lot of transitions, just a social overload. So we've both gone through um, children who really struggle to go to school at all, and um, have had mental health um, impacts in the long term, really, uh, as a result. Uh, We hope that one day the school system will change completely and we will have a revolution that means that all children's needs are met by the education system and we hope it will one day be a really happy place. But if your child is struggling, if school is not a happy place for them, please do hop into Love Indifference, come and talk to us. We know what that feels like, we know how hard it is to hold space for that We've had to shift our mindsets. We've had to rethink our views about the education system. We've had to prioritise mental health. We've had to jump off that kind of, you know, that highway that everyone else is on and do something different so that our young people could be okay. So it's you're not alone. It can feel like a lonely place, but if you if you hop into Loving Difference with us, um, you'll find a lot of friends there. So um, listen, this is a really important conversation. We're really glad you're here and love to have your views. Take care. So really good to talk about school, I thought, today, if that's all right with you. Yeah, Um, absolutely. I'd love to talk about school. (laughs) School, education, whatever, with the systems that we are bound to in yeah. the yeah. lovely world that we're in. And um, I, I kind of probably will end up doing a bit of venting because I, it is a source of frustration for me at the moment in um, a ver- variety of ways. And uh, But it'd be really Should good. We, what about sharing um, where we're at with our young people and their ages just in terms of where we're at because I'm in a slightly different place than you still with with the school system so I've got um three children one's 31 so well beyond the school system but can still recollect and think back to how it was for them and then um my other two children are now 22 and 19 so we are outside the other end of being in the school education system but I would say we're still um, dealing with the aftermath of that yeah. and still very much, um, yeah, have a lot to say about how that experience was for us as a family, 
for us as parents for and for my young people as well in terms of how they how they found that um, yeah and just how much we've shifted we've had to shift haven't we from yeah sort of you know our beliefs and values around it and our priority about it so what about you what do you want to just yeah yeah just say where you're at with yours yeah, so I've I'm I'm getting there. I am like counting down the days until I'm out of it, and um, obviously I have choice around that. And it, we we are in a choice to stay in it at the moment because that's what my youngest young person wants. So I have a fourteen year old who has a couple of years left of sort of GCSE time, and then some kind of sixth form next steps to yeah. go. Yeah. And then I've got um, just turned 17 year old who is kind of in it through mm-hmm. choice as well, but at an alternative provision. So a very, very different um, aspect of education um, and experience of. And then I've got a 19 year old. Have I got a 19 year old? That sounds too old. Maybe he's 18. That's really bad. 19, I think. <laughs> They're all about the same age, you and I, around that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. We forget all how close they are. Yeah, 19 year old who is, um, who has, is having a, a year out, I would describe it yeah. as. And um, a, a 20 year old who is, you know, still has a lot of, like you say, a lot of baggage around the mm. education system. And we're not finished with it. Um, for various reasons because we've had to kind of start again and keep going it's been a bit stop start so yeah some really tricky times yeah and I think even though we're at sort of I guess as we've been through a lot of it and we're coming out the other side I you know I can still look back to even primary school and early secondary school you know we're both in the UK so that's sort of the terminology for us and uh, and how difficult it started to get, you know when it started to get challenging mm. or more challenging and even now with the neurodiversity aspect which we didn't know until mine were around 11 and 14 and my stepson was much older um, we hadn't known that that a lot of the challenges we were having in primary school and even some in nursery, when I look back, were to do with a lot of this. So mm-hmm. it's always, those challenges have always been there. We just didn't have the explanations for them. Um, and it's been easier now with that lens to be able to see what impact the current education system has for, um, yeah, for our young people and for those who are different and learn differently and all sorts of things like that. And yeah. I still very much feel sort of part of that world as well because I still do I SEN advocacy and trying to get alternative provision for children who are too anxious to attend school yeah. or who are, you know, endlessly at risk of exclusion um, through not being able to cope with the system and not being able to manage their behaviour in a, in a way that is acceptable to the mm. hierarchies and mm. um, yeah. How far back in this, the education system, I guess even beyond where you knew what was happening, when did, what when you look back now, where do you notice the issue started or where did things start to get difficult? Oh, isn't people? hindsight a wonderful thing? Yeah. Because I can see it all the way back. I mean, yeah, I can now. Preschool, my eldest was uh, pretty much mute. Yeah. Um, uh, he had this little, very super confident friend who used to just talk for him. Okay, yeah. Um, he was always sort of on the periphery, on the edge, doing his own thing, not really joining in. And she'd she'd just speak for him and, and 
seemed to know what he needed and and kind of sorted that out so I mean that certainly for him I would say then and he was struggling in terms of speech development and language and mm-hmm. oh just so many challenges and then when we started reception we had the you know all the all the hassles with the uniform and the shoes not being right and the socks not being right and the clothes being difficult and the noise and the dinner hall and you know that's before we even started to think about reading or writing or any of the actual learning it was just the environmental stuff was such a challenge yeah Yeah. and and then on top of that was just separation you know he he was actually very compliant and just did what he thought he had to do i mean to the point where you know he was in a very very bad state before he actually said i don't want to go to school Mm. Um, whereas i think my um third child who in retrospect also actually at one point bit me outside preschool when we were queuing up to go in i remember being so shocked and very angry um and i look back and think wow he really was trying to get my attention about something and you know for him it was it was horrendous separation anxiety and then you know you'd have that horrible like sick feeling as you left them and then they'd all reassure you everything's all right Mm. you know when you left oh they're fine when you've gone that's what you'd always hear oh they're fine when they're at school Mm. and um it was a long many many years later i bumped into a lady who worked at the preschool where where this child was and she said, oh, your poor little boy. I mean, he was always crying, wasn't he? And I was oh, just like, oh, God, yeah. it was just heartbreaking. And they never told me. They never phoned to say he was still upset. They always told me he was fine. Mm. And I just, I, that's the start of the whole thing. That just baffles me. Mm. Why is it in their interest to do that? Yeah. Why did they it, do it that? It just all becomes more and more traumatic and more and more unsafe and... Yeah. less and less trust of people and all of these things isn't it they just become yeah it's just cumulative then isn't it when you think how many hours a day and how many days a week and how many weeks a year that's happening and how long that day must feel and just you just you know even still you can feel myself you know mm. just it really welling up okay. because you just think and then they think you you were supposed to be the, the yeah. mum who was supposed to protect them from this and you kind of had such a um just a focused belief that yeah. school was some kind of essential thing that you didn't have any choice about and yeah. and so I just unquestionably kept taking him <laughs> even though I was seeing these kind of this upset behavior and yeah. so I've had all sorts of kind of at at one point or other all of mine have had periods where they were unable to go to school and I've had various different depending where they were and what pieces of paper they have and what labels they had at the time I had various responses from the the services and systems around that from pretty much being ignored and totally forgotten about to um, being threatened with prosecution and uh, imprisonment and fines yeah so it's all it's heavy stuff isn't it it is really heavy I think ours got most heavy in secondary school but again on reflection I think that's when they found started to both started to find it much more difficult I think the issues that I recall in um, primary school were more around social situations for mine around friendships um, and yeah difficulties with that kind of thing which were often just 
seen to be normal stuff with girls and yeah, and, yeah. and so at the time I think it didn't often yeah so I think it was sort of a lot of that and then just on the learning side also quite a lot of things around needing more support than other people not working independently enough you know their neediness um and then also uh particularly around just thinking specifically some learning things but around comprehension i can remember having to do extra books and then be sort of talking a lot around that and subsequently not you know beyond secondary school realizing that actually there was um dyslexia issues that were not getting picked up because my family can read you know in terms of the testing they ever do about reading Mm -hmm. um they all pass that test fine in terms of actually being able to read but their ability to interpret written text is is different so it's a different kind of dyslexia and um and then we recognize that pete has the same so it it's uh that was i could just you know they were trying to battle that the the whole time and and not and again not it not get picked up that wasn't getting picked up so i think they were finding a lot of things difficult and again not being able to meet the assessment criteria and 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 those kinds of things and i think all of that was really really um it's it's really frustrating isn't it when you see the struggles and it Mm. seems blatantly obvious to you Mm. that they're really also also had no real explanations for it myself you know i couldn't other than oh they're just they're not doing well enough not doing good enough not meeting the the standards and the criteria that are expected and then they were given um we weren't we didn't have ehcp we've never had we we could have gone for some of those but have never done that but there's a thing what's the thing before that an iep yeah, individualised yeah, educational plan. plan. So specific things that they were working towards and they both had those in primary school around, um, often around social situations. We even remember, I remember one about apologising. There was a whole um, oh, objective about apologising and sharing even or something and um, and then things around, particularly around comprehension and some of those kinds of things. And I yeah, I sort of look back now and I just felt like we ha- that those were things that I had to figure out as a parent and get them to be able to do. When now I know that actually their learning preferences, the way they learn is different and doesn't fit with that same system. And they do need additional help or different ways of having questions asked or mm. information presented different or prompts. different ways to access yeah. information, which only really became apparent. I would say another nearly 10 years later around GCSEs when things started to really, for my um, middle child, got really difficult when the pressure began to get kind of ramped up around um, assessment and exams. And us just getting to the point, which was pre-diagnosis as well around autism and um, yeah, them just saying life's just too hard. I just don't want to do it anymore. It's just too difficult. Um, and and just realising that that's what the school system was creating, you know, yeah, yeah. and and that were there were needs. Uh, they knew what those needs were, and they they could articulate what they were. But school wouldn't wouldn't provide them because they couldn't do something different for one child that they couldn't do for everyone else. And I just think that that started to become my biggest issue with the whole thing was that my child mm-hmm. knows what they're needing they're even can ask and articulate that which was only things like could you come and talk to me in the lesson and check I'm doing all right rather than put my hand up because that felt too you know had its own set of staff you know there were none of these things were they weren't like I need extra staff or I need 
you know, big interventions or anything. Um, and and but they just became all became too much without those, you know. And 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 for my other um, young person, it was more around just attending at all. The anxiety was just too yeah, just uh, yeah too well. high and feeling sick every day and and then the um, the requirements and the persistence around attendance that yeah. just became pretty relentless yeah yeah uh, and we've had a lot of that as well around anxiety and then kind of um yeah school well as they call it school refusal mm. but it's not really refusing it's you know an, exa- school an anxiety based emotional um yes they just didn't feel safe there and 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 just felt anxious every day um and and you're right I just we just kept going and to begin with for sure just felt like that's what you should we're supposed to do though we I I think I would say I didn't really feel like I did have choices you know it was like I I, I did I I I did sort of know that we had some kind of um option around going for homeschooling but Mm. at the time I was also trying to earn a living Uh, I knew that um I didn't have any confidence in my own skills to be a teacher because you know I've already had worked out that you know we were really struggling with some of this stuff at home the homework was you know sucky and we were getting into like I I kind of worried that that would affect my relationship with them so I didn't want to get into a homeschool situation either so it was kind of a battle wasn't it all of that was really a battle yeah yeah. I just because and it was frustrating at times as well because you know and I do and and some of the frustrations were things that you could sort of relate to as well like you know it's that kind of all having all these ideas in your head and not being able to get them down but when you're mm. kind of then trying to coach someone else to get mm. those things and you're thinking you struggle with that sometimes yourself and oh. it's just it's just like one big it's like oh my goodness I've done that I've done my sentence yeah <laughs> I don't want yes. to do the sentence again and then you're thinking oh my goodness is that how I see school no, yeah yeah absolutely think- I think I always had one one of my they're just very very creative and I think the education system really just zapped or suffocated all their imagination out of them and their creativity just sort of was became nothing really in the end it's really so sad so I think anxiety was going up the things that would counter that I know would counter that were Becoming less and less enjoyable. And becoming less and less, even, and, yeah, and then even not doing them outside school because it all just felt like a. It all felt like school. Oh, too much. We like had that exactly with the art GCSE. Is that what, what kind of you're saying as well? Like that art GCSE nearly, yes. nearly killed all joy. Yeah, it did. In, in art for my my son, and and that was really sad to see. And yes. it was years before yeah. he picked up yeah. and started sketching again. Yeah. Yeah, it has yeah, been two, it was yeah two to three years here before yeah um, yeah they they've and gone and bought colouring book know, last year and done something damage again. that it's done isn't it yeah. it's yes. you know, that's something that used to be a joy and an outlet yes. for them yeah became a something to worry about because yeah. actually it wasn't about art and creativity it was about l- demonstrating that you could do something that someone yeah. else could do you know yeah. it's like yeah it's really very sad very sad it is and then then we moved into sort of college environment as well which was a bit different and had some you know was more flexible and um 
yeah so that was different but still the 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 issues around anxiety and differing different needs different learning needs different social needs um just just weren't weren't met they just were not there wasn't enough understanding or interest or time from anyone for my people to feel really safe and um yeah be able to thrive it just wasn't it wasn't going to be possible um, and that that's the key isn't it? That, that, that safety that sense of safety and that's not something that's in their heads yeah. that's got to be felt in their whole body doesn't it that needs to be like i'm okay i'm safe i can handle this and that is not what the experience was and and certainly for um some of my children that resulted in horrible cycles of kind of um, productivity, burnout, yeah. in bed for months, yeah. going back into it, and and also um, just a horrible kind of self-esteem all caught up in all this that. whole desire to have to do well, and that became a kind of a real... We had issues around perfectionism and redoing and redoing, and, you know, no grades was ever good enough except for the very, very top grade, and mm. and then we got all down that line with one. And, and I think then, also that life was going to be pretty boring. If this is as good as, you know, what's the saying, like school's the best year of your life kind of thing. And I think yeah. they're thinking, if this is the best then you know life's not going to be that great is it i mean i just think their whole the they just just have become so disillusioned about all of it and it's very depressing and as i'm not it doesn't surprise me then that we end up in situations where there's high anxiety high you know high, a high experience of depression sort of lack of purpose and um yeah stuff that brings you some fulfillment and joy it's all just there isn't any all of that it's like life has been just squashed out of them isn't yeah. it yeah and so what decisions or what 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 about these narratives then have we decided over time um i can remember some quite key moments and decision points um where i stepped away from what i felt like i should be doing or that school told you know kind of um yeah, the school narrative would say that as a parent I was responsible or I should do or what was best what apparently was best for my children and actually deciding that that was wrong and that I I needed to I needed to make some different choices um yeah do you remember what some of those have been for you because I think it what I think is really is really helpful for others who are experiencing the same is to yeah to give them some um a bit of encouragement really and and some ideas about some of the narratives actually yeah, that we can yeah. just, just step away from and say yeah. actually no actually no i can just remember going actually no i'm not going to do that anymore and uh because my I, I think, health I think is more important and, and and there's so many lies we are fed so many lies isn't it it's like you know so we get kind of well they have to wear uniform because they might get a job mm. where they're going to wear a uniform and then they have to comply well if they're that feeling that strongly about it, they won't get that job, will they? They'll go and get a job where they don't have to wear a uniform. And, you know, well, you know it's so told, they're told loads of lies. I think they're also told loads of um, myths in school to scare them or to get them to work and get them to yeah. perform oh. and to to. This is the most harder. important time are, of your life. Yeah. And that started, that started Yes. earlier and earlier and earlier so that that was a sort I think of it's even in primary school now ramping up at gcse didn't it and oh, now it's like 
I was talking to um, one of my son's key workers the other day who's got a seven-year-old yeah. and it's having that kind of thing wow. pushed on them yes. because they've got sats coming up yes. in yeah, year yeah. two. Yeah, and you just think it's not okay. And so she apparently that in that situation, you've got teachers saying, well, you probably should be doing your homework before you can go to football, you know. And you're like seven. I think I you should be going to football. You know, it's like, or whatever it is you want to do. And it's those kind of things, isn't it? So I think there was a, a, a real myth around homework, wasn't there? You know, and I was such a sucker for, you know, just assuming, because what my feeling was is my child is struggling, therefore we've got to do more. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, actually what was happening is my child was exhausted and needed to be doing less. Yeah, so, I think for me it was that decision that my my young people can i'm gonna we're gonna allow them and recognize that we all learn at our own pace and life is going to have its own journey and course and i think uh, partly i'd been recognizing that for myself i think and so really just i guess recognizing that it was the yeah. system says you have to be here at certain ages and if you're not here at these ages then you won't get this job or you these opportunities will be gone I just started realizing that the risk is that we get to that age and, and there it is still a risk. We're still recovering, I would say now. Yeah, is yeah. that we've got to that age and we're not in any mental or well emotionally healthy state to be working anyway. That's the situation we're in at the moment for, for one of mine, is that they their mental health is so poor from the effects of school that they can't they're not in a position to work. So it hasn't worked for them, you know? And no. um and I think that's just so sad, so sad. So being able to instead say, actually, that's where we are at the moment. We might not have been had up, maybe had other decisions got made before, but you're gonna be on your own journey at your own pace. And there's plenty of other doorways, plenty of other opportunities. There are all sorts of other possibilities and ways to train and learn and find the thing you want to do. And, and there's limitless numbers of things like the, the discussions at school about careers and everything are so narrow um, that we just—I I sort of just try and use more possibility thinking, and that it can—it can go any direction. We just need to do it a bit at a time, and that has been liberating, I think, for our whole family yeah, to be able really to liberating that. that. We're that, all that, sort of heading for you know university of, um, that kind of thing. Structured, yeah. you know, and 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 it's the sad thing is is we buy into that as parents but yeah. the children buy into it as well so you get them comparing themselves to to others and now feeling even more of a failure because now because their mental health is so shot to pieces from trying to maintain that pace mm. that now they're even further behind than they would have been in that paradigm yeah. and that that needs shifting because you know we we were talking about this earlier isn't it it's like actually have we did we need the grades we got to go to university no are we really doing jobs that needed that degree at university no you know are are there other ways that we could have got into this yes you know there are so many other routes there's so many other ways and um one of the things i'm loving about you know um our journey at the moment has been watching my son he so he has a, a pda pathological demand yeah. avoidance profile yeah. of um autism and so he is very clear with his boundaries and no means no um and i've really just had to through no choice i've just had to let go of everything everything on on that and just gradually watch as he's sort of 
just flourished yeah. and you know and finding the things himself He's he does. He's just game. completely unschooled. He just started. I remember you telling me that not that long ago that you know he hadn't read, you know, he's not read any books for years or whatever, and and now he's like avid reader, and one yeah. you can't kind of buy enough books for him. Yeah, and it, there's a thing when we take anything. all the pressure off, then yes, I mean I think for us it's the waiting game that's quite hard, isn't it? But oh my god, it's terrifying. Two, it's terrifying. Two to three years of. Yeah. unschooling and stopping and taking all the pressure off and the same here um so my uh my son was learning korean alphabet at the christmas so he's not wanted to learn anything for two years and now is learning has learned korean um is doing some voluntary work using uh, on some, some online thing and is uh, learning lots of things through youtube and it you know has a desire to be learning is finding lots well, some more challenge but it's needed there to be nothing really for i would say two to three years yeah that is the scary time isn't it because you you know you feel with doubt don't you and, and am i doing the right thing am i pushing enough um is it okay to let go of all this pressure and 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 for ages, you know, it went on for so long that I was like, yeah, but you know, the fear is there. It's very our natural curiosity off. and our natural desire to yeah, learn. Yeah, but it comes back. Does come back. Really it does, does come, come back. back. And and oh, and YouTube on. is like, you know. Yeah, yeah. I can remember a couple of the other ones um, when they were a bit younger um were around again a lot of advocacy you know needing to do that advocating and so in school we did decide i decided that we would be late to school and so that yeah. was something school really were not okay with because they wanted attendance to be at i don't know whatever it is 96 percent or something and and it was regularly below 90 i think and um or even lower but we were i i yeah it just became very clear that trying to get into school by a certain time didn't work for us um for quite a long time and so we needed i just needed to change that going on the bus was creating a lot of school bus was creating a lot of anxiety so we found some different ways around that where i was trying to flex my work a bit and offer some i would take on some of the days to try and alleviate that um yeah and then there was um what was the other thing i was thinking about um is there anything out? Oh, school, yeah, school, school uniform, which I know you and I talk about an awful lot, but I can remember certainly with school uniform. Um, yeah, my son had a very uh, elaborate or very different way of being able to meet the a certain level of the standards at school, but in a way that met that meant he felt as comfortable as possible. Um, but even that, on some days, school were not okay with, and it was quite traumatic and just, just it just feels like such I, said, I'm fine. I don't mind what you're wearing to school I don't mind you know I just took all these all these things away and actually the, the, only, the other thing I was thinking reminded of was um we got close to the GCSE exams and we tried we had asked to drop a couple of subjects just to create some space that wasn't allowed don't like that do they so, so we just decided you, you revise what you're going to revise that it's just let's just complete the year I don't it doesn't really matter it's not about what you get you're just going to finish the year and I can remember going to parents' evening or whatever and talking to one of the teachers and it was about how at the moment not enough work was being done and um they you know, likelihood was well just not enough work. We weren't it wasn't it wasn't enough. <laughs> and I just I just said to the said to the teacher, Okay, I just need you to know that we're not doing any revision. 
and I think he just sort of looked at me and I said because I we're I'm choosing we're choosing to put mental health ahead of the exams how ridiculous and he just looked at me and then he he did just say that's great I I just can I just say to you I'm really okay with you doing that but I'm going to write that down in my notes because I also had to say what I had said because I have people asking me and so I have to report the other way so it's helpful for me to be able to say that I have said what I needed to say but this is your answer back to me and I was just like you know this, I know that for the teachers that this is bad for them as well you know but, yeah, um, it is, it is. And, and my son was with me at that at the time and I think it was it was really good for both of us you know to be standing up to the to the system a bit around that at what was kind of this major moment of pressure where all the teachers were saying you're not enough happening the grades aren't this the mock result is this and you need to be doing more and, and we were just like we're not we're not going to be doing any more because and I think that's where the, the system some kind of okay and, and the system is that is the problem isn't it because the teachers are under so much pressure and they're yes. stressed yes. and so they can't be that safe no. person for our children who are very sensitive and, and picking up on everything mm-hmm. because they sort of know that they're not okay yeah. and and that's such a vicious cycle isn't it and that becomes really challenging as well and I think the other thing was just there's not enough quiet spaces in schools either. I mean, for both of mine, the number of things you have to be expected to join in with or be loud about or people around and stuff, that has just never worked for us. No, there's never enough space. The schools, you know, around us, we have huge, the secondary schools are all huge mm, and yeah. busy and noisy mm. and there aren't enough quiet places. And at the moment, we've got a situation where kind of we've got a lot of children who are not managing in the classroom. Mm. And of course, then you've got the one safe kind of space, but yes. that's now longer not safe because yes. because it's too crowded and too busy and they in can't cope with well. the numbers of the children yes. that can't cope. And it's just, so then they're absconding and then the staff are looking for the ones that are absconding and then you're like, and so then they're even more stressed because they're frustrated because they're spending their time looking for children who should be in the classroom, but they can't be in the classroom. And then if they're not in the classroom, they should be in this special place, but they can't be there because that's not safe either. Right. And it's just a it's just a mess. I know. So I think um, we've definitely sidestepped, I would say, a lot of those narratives that we had or the shoulds that we had as parents. I think for me, it was it was definitely about making a choice or valuing more my relationship with my young people so my relationship with them putting that higher up and not jeopardizing that and also putting their mental and emotional health above their education that and that any choice I was making needed to reflect that I I that for me became the most important thing and um, trusting into the unknown that that was going yeah, to be okay that, and that, that was going to be a much better choice yeah, and that's that's a big thing, isn't it? To, yeah. Just to learn to trust yourself, yeah, and to know what mm. what is right for your children, yeah. And then there's a certain number of things we can do around protecting ourselves from the system and from the prosecution and all of that side of it. So, yeah. um, a lot of a lot of times that feels like a bit of a game, yeah. a bit of a you know you're just kind of playing the system in order to make sure parents are. But I. You know, I find that by, like you've by came, helping you've them around that more. So how did you get, what's your advice to people that are at that point? Because I would say I didn't get 
I never, I was never get to, I never quite got to that point where we might have got fined or anything. We were obviously, I think we were on the edge of it quite a lot, mainly around attendance. So um, yeah, I think if you, if you're getting to the point where anxiety particularly is, or, or if you're struggling with behaviour as well, mm, you know, mm, that, mm, mm. because actually that is yeah. anxiety and fear, yeah. but just yeah, coming yeah, out in a yeah. different way. Yeah, I had compliance, those... mine went, mine went more in the quiet compliant yeah. um, mode than in the disruptive um, or behavior side, you know, it goes one way or the other, doesn't it? It's not. That, it does tend to go one way, other, just yeah. one way or the other. And yeah. and one, of course, looks um, one looks so is so internalized that it looks like they're fine, and yeah. you're just making ma- 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 massive fuss yeah. about nothing. And the other looks like they're just really badly behaved, and they also seem fine. So other than naughty, and yes. um, so you get these two completely different sort of presentations but based on you know both of them are based on a lack of safety and a fear um and so yeah i mean my my few things i always say go to the gp regularly Mm -hmm. not because you're really expecting anything out of the system but because you're logging your concerns and that puts you in the right sort of parent category and then when if and when the educational welfare officer starts knocking at the door and kind of getting that you can immediately go oh i've got a printout of all the doctor's appointments and and that kind of thing if it's looking like it's getting more serious than that again always put in for a cams referral so that's child and adolescent mental health services um, each local authority probably have their different pathway into that, but um, you should be able to find that on children and family health. Mm. Um, uh, quite I think a lot the thing of- with that is often because the pathways are so long, because the waits are so long, we can often think I can't change anything. I can't make any new decisions or choices, even if they feel right to me until a professional has told me what's going on and what to yeah. do about it but some of these waits for us it certainly would have been a two years before we had that well, there's very it few was, it very was much few more just would even get into cams yeah this is so this is you've got the referral is... but now just still make some decisions that yeah. are right for you and your children yeah. for their well-being. Yes, that's a really good point thank you right this is to, to clarify this is about not about getting help from a professional or something that's going to make a difference to your child you will do that you're all the one that's going to parents are the ones that by regulating themselves and keeping themselves out of defense mode and meeting their child's need they're the ones that are going to make the big difference Mm -hmm. this is about just protecting yourself from um, accusations of not being bothering to taking your child to school because by the time you've pursued kind of the you've made sure you've done the GP you've asked for a CAMS referral even if you then rejected you never get to see CAMS which is likelihood because the criteria is so high Um, I also advise parents to put in an application for an education health care plan again you know if there isn't enough evidence for that you know the likelihood is going to get rejected but you can even put in an appeal and you know it all shows steps whether or not you ever get the outcome you want but it's tiresome i was just going to say all all of this it's really important for us to say as we always do that you and your emotional and your mental and emotional well-being your joy in life your you are are so important you know and that it is hugely draining it's time consuming it's an awful lot of emotional uses a lot of emotional energy as parents with our children with our young people when these are the issues and the challenges they are coming up against every single day relentlessly for them um with no real i certainly think for them not not really many choices 
um, or, or ways to be any different in it. It's very, very restrictive. Um, and I think that that's what is almost the worst piece, I think. So it's, it's so important that we're paying attention to our own energy and our own well-being and particularly yeah, because, emotionally I think yeah it's hugely important because you know I look back um and I actually believe you know I say to parents to do these things as kind Sometimes of tip, it was literally tick every day tick box exercises stuff that you sort of have to do but yeah. I actually believed that they were going to make mm. a difference these yes. things yeah. and I poured my heart and soul and I was up till all hours in the morning doing endless referrals and endless paperwork mm. and all of that detracts from your ability and your oh. energy to be present mm -hmm. for your children, which is actually what they need more than any of these pieces of paper and stuff. So do what is necessary yeah. to to get them the little bits of insurance. And I think an education healthcare plan, if your child's really struggling, is a good insurance thing because it means that there are options beyond the school mm. system. You know, my, mine are lucky now they're in an alternative provision and that means that they a slightly sidestepped from the um you have to have done this at 16 you know they're, they're, they're on their own path they're on their own yeah. pace now um and that's that's amazing and that has been the result of a bit of battle but i mean we just end up the system ends up drawing us into some adrenaline fueled kind of um well and we feel SCN we're, we're being parents, as well. it? it feels like we're almost back at school as well you know and we're being roped in and recruited by the school to try to get our children in a certain place by a certain time I can remember saying to school or to you know re or realizing myself that my young people at 11 obviously did what we have in the UK as SATS test when they um, reached the end of primary school and at that point the system makes a prediction of what okay. they expect okay. or see that that child can achieve in another five years time then they want to and not only do they then just want to support the child to reach that they want to add value to that so they want the system is we we could do, we can do that and more so already on an 11 year old you've lumped that and what i realized was there's no allowance whatsoever that number never changes it's just in a computer and at no point is was anybody recognizing that life was happening for that child in that time so imagining it was us as adults in a job and you've got life events happening you've got health stuff happening you've got relationship things happening and 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 you know all sorts of stuff happens in life and it's sort of like with the kids well it probably is like that for all of us in life anyway that's our culture just keep going anyway but certainly in school i know some of the things that were going on in that time i mean the, the whole arrival of neurodiversity, my mental and emotional health taking a dive, my ability to parent for at least a year was compromised by massively by that. They had, um, we had some uh, medical things and uh, some hospital admissions and we had, um, you know, just all, all, lots of things that all sort of added up as well that were going on in that time. And yet that number, that expectation on my child, on all my children, never changed. It never, there was never any allowance or empathy really for that. It was just, well, we still have to get you here in the same amount of time when actually you might have had a whole year. Certainly year seven was a, I would say write off, for, <laughs> you know, and, and I just think that is, I just now don't agree with some of these principles 
uh, and therefore just stepped back from that and said I'm not actually going to support that I'm not going to be a part of that system and what you're what you're doing with that um, and just yeah basically say no I had, some, I had some crazy decisions based around you know sats which for my eldest he was extremely ill for mm. um it took me yeah, a while my young it person can well locate to... their anxiety actually back to primary school sats yeah. when, it, when he now he can go back himself and kind of make more sense of it he said i think it started around the time of that summer term when we had to sit those tests certainly for my younger son that wasn't that wasn't the be all end all things were building up yeah, as well yeah. but that was absolutely the final straw and you know really he's not been in a classroom since those sats tests and he's 17 now so um yeah there was i can remember um i can i can remember and i guess this is sort of giving the the young person's perspective a little bit but i can remember being out having a coffee i think with my son and it was the summer before the last year of GCSE so it was like the the critical year the year when they were supposed to you know hit the whole life depends on this, but yeah the whole life depends on it and and he'd had a really rough summer um had 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 thoughts about not really being here anymore everything was just too difficult the thought of going back into that school system for another year and and I just had realized perhaps we do just need to stop it felt like the craziest silliest time to do it when we seemed so close almost you know but I just realized it wasn't worth it for for if that's what they were really were thinking right now and just decided I was going to say they could not go back if that was what they wanted and I can remember sitting there and saying I've decided it's fine if you if you choose not to go back I'll support you and their whole body just went oh, I know. Like their, their shoulders actually dropped and their whole posture changed and I think he, he just said really like really and I was like yeah I'm yeah. okay we'll figure it out if you decide you're not going to go back in September we'll, there'll be there'll be a way we'll figure we'll, we'll work that out I, I you know you you have a think about it he, they actually decided they would go back mm. but then they had chosen to go back and it was a very different thing because of that I think yeah and that makes I'm going to go back I'm going to get same. through it and I'm but I'm not going to do anything extra I'm just going to show up I'm going to do what I can and that's it we had the same around GCSEs for my second and he chose to go in um and I really didn't think he was going to actually um and then pretty much the same thing happened at A levels and he didn't no. and that just had to be okay you know it's just I mean that's the thing we have to just make these things okay and and trust that they'll find their own way um, but it does mean right shifting your sort of order of values I think or what what's actually getting more certain or clear with yourself about what what you've been using as what's important like what order of importance yeah. and, and I maybe think... what needs to be the order of importance I think for, you know, and I look back and I just think how important, how high I put education when I was thinking, you know, the evidence was that, you know, I was picking up my young person from school and we were having seriously violent, challenged behaviour. And to the extent, well, it wasn't actually really very safe for me and my daughter in the car with him. And then, and... And you still weren't getting it and you were still carrying yeah. on and then you kind of like you start I, I started making these little small like oh well, perhaps we'll go every other day so he's still there but he has a bit yeah. of a break and there's no there's no point where you can cut because we blame ourselves or we get blamed or get 
um, response become responsible there or the child is it's something wrong with the child or they're not responsible there's never we never seem to be able to put responsibility or fault or accountability for what's happening in in our young people with the system or with the education system and I think that's what in the end I realized it was the system it was the setup it was the so many things about that that were responsible it wasn't anything really for us it it was that and so then it I think once we were clear about that and also that you were never going to get them to agree that never never was a teacher going to agree you know they might have known some things and it were not great or not yeah it was they never took any there was never I have I I definitely where I am now and where I work and a lot of the children I'm supporting are going I think we are lucky in that we do have a Senko who who does kind of get it which is really helpful Mm. um and she recognizes that the school can't meet needs yeah which is a big a big relief to those parents but then there isn't anything that's offered instead so now you've got your child at home you don't feel you can leave them at home on their own because they're not mentally very well and then you can't work and then you know you get a whole other like problems but in the end you know it's probably you know the alternative is just to keep doing the same that you're doing and still get a miserable more miserable results you know and i think it you know our house turned into a war zone before i realized that this was just ridiculous yeah. you know and um you try umpteen other things to try and sort it when actually when you take the education system out of the equation or even if you're engaging with it but but with a very different story that the pressure cooker valve for us just sort of just yeah. kind of went down and Different. it didn't mean we had some of that but it was just just undo that valve and let the steam out you know which i think was the pressure of the system and the steam did have to come out gradually you know it took a while yeah. Um, yeah. and it did and i remember having a conversation you know when my son was so much better and just mm. you know just asking him a little bit you know about about what was going on i said you know it's really like quite shocking behavior and stuff like that and i said you know I can't believe it of you now because you're you know so okay. calm and you know and and he said well i didn't have any choice because grown-ups don't listen no and i and i said oh can you say a bit more about that and it was just like he was very articulate about it and he said well i say no i can't i can't do it mm-hmm. and then you get the oh i would just go for a bit you know you can manage it'll be fun when you get there and you and we do persuade mm-hmm. and i think oh it's all trying to convincing energy and yeah. you've got and we to do that and cajoling and, and and we'd how many times you look back and you think oh i did that when you didn't want to go to that birthday party didn't i i did that when you didn't want to dress up for that i did that when you and you think oh okay and i made a pact with him then that whenever he said no i would listen and um, no means no in our household um yeah. Yeah, children yeah. Uh, you know have a and a, they should have a right to say no well, again, I think if we don't, then they begin to lose touch with themselves and their own intuition, their own needs. Their own boundaries. And, their own and boundaries. then they grow up they into they adults who don't have boundaries. Or they dissociate. Them. They just dissociate and then are not yeah. in their bodies at all. I think that's what's happening for an awful lot of people. Um, or, or are just, or, or then I think get very depressed, which is just that you, you just can't, you sort of get to a point you just can't function at all. I feel like we've got to give people more hope than this. Yeah. I just like to say that unschooling 
is a very exciting thing to watch when she's schooling yeah de-schooling so de is scary first. but but yeah. it but you, but it's that's more about us sitting in what feels uncomfortable and scary, very different beautiful. because we're so used to thinking that we should have the answers or it should be going it's a uncertainty way. isn't it it's total yeah. uncertainty we've just taken a dive off a very tall board at the pool yeah. and i'm bit scared of heights you know that kind of thing but the exciting um, thing for me is that i now have young people none of whom have followed a traditional path beyond gcse's um that they are now beginning to thrive they are finding hope where before there was just despair and really maybe not even a future at all um confidence is growing in various things they are making their own choices about what interests them and starting to move towards those um using their hobbies to you know my yeah my daughter's got a little cake business because she just loves baking and and you know Yummy this is a child too. who had no confidence whatsoever and had various things said to her by teachers about what they felt she would have potential for later it's just total rubbish and um yeah so i think they're that to me they are see they definitely give me a lot of hope and and i've had to trust it's just trusting the other thing i think for me is trusting that my children know themselves and they know what they need and trusting their choices um that has been really big for me to trust that they know and go with what they say yes to yeah, so we need, to we, need to trust us. we need to trust ourselves yeah, that it's okay yeah. to step off the treadmill. Yes. yes. You know, really, that's really difficult, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we do need to do that. And yes, and absolutely trust them. And, and that's yeah. that's much more the relationship that we have. And like, you know, I trust you to know what you need and you and for you to let me know if you need my help. And otherwise, you know, we're kind of, yeah. we're going to go along at the pace and directory yeah. that, you're turning towards and that's and that is actually a very lovely thing because i don't have any of the kind of it does take a lot of battles away yes i think it's for me it's letting go of the fact it, i don't have to get you anywhere it's i don't have to get you anywhere like physically yeah. but no I, yeah. I don't have to get you somewhere in life by a certain point i don't have i, I don't it's it's you it's for you to it's, it's for you to figure out and i'm along for to the explore. ride it's yeah i kind of think now i'm along for the ride with them a bit that it is a you know. and and be curious about it all and um and yeah just like you can do that at really quite young age as well you know i know um parents who are unschooling children under 10 you know six seven oh yeah and they're they're leading their they're doing homeschooling or other ways and the child is leading based on what they want to be learning about and they have a lot of opinions and views and ideas and and it's it's a beautiful thing to just actually treat our children as fully formed human beings who know them who do know themselves no it's not that they've they're sure there's more to know about themselves but i just really love thinking that the person that knows you best is you you know and and that probably has come from me also thinking the person that knows me best is me when i get get back to that you know i wandered a long way from that but i think now I really believe that the person that knows me best is me. Anybody else who's got opinion about me or what they think I should be doing or choices I should be making, they 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 might have an opinion, but they can't know because they're not me. And I think the same now is true for my children. I can't, I just can't know that. And it's not my responsibility to know that. Not, it's not my responsibility as a parent to do that. Which has been, you know, I think that is a, 
gives you you know there's a lot of energy you haven't got to use <laughs> for that so much so much energy saved um really there is and it's it's a lovely thing to have that relationship as well where they feel that you trust them yeah. and you know it's a mutual kind of respect mm-hmm. thing it's, as well isn't it and it makes a very big difference to the relationship you have with your children and i promise you they are learning it is more about just knowing what everyone's different needs different aspirations are and seeing how together you can create those and make them happen in ways that are don't need the system in the way that it exists right now i think does that sound more hopeful i hope it. i think so i hope i hope we gave some hope in the end because it is it's just it is hard you know i do recognize that you know and people i think you need to find really really helpful if you can find some people that kind of you know have traveled this path you know Mm. reach out because it's lonely Mm. you know on your own and you get a lot of judgment from others don't you um when you're dropping off that system and And every now and again, differently. Yeah, every now and again, you think you've completely got over it, and then you suddenly have uh, just everyone's GCSEs results come out, something, and you know you get another little reminder. Am I doing the right thing? Yeah, am I? Have I done the right thing? Everyone's going off to the the ball. The proms and like, oh, didn't they? I was like, oh, mine didn't go to the problem because I don't go to school. Because we're not doing this. We're not going to have all the same milestones. We have to have our own milestones and our own celebrations and our own. Which and I just have more of them. I'm like, let's just celebrate more often. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Good. Well, if if anybody is finding I hope some of that is helpful. And um if you want to learn more or want to yeah, just want to connect more with what Heather and I are talking about, um, then join us in Loving Difference. Um, membership's free and uh, the website is www.lovingdifference.net um come and find us but off social media which we think is such a great thing it's uh, not going to get cluttered up with all your other social media apps and um yeah come and find us and continue this conversation um yeah we'd love to see you <laughs> see you again soon bye